When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're listening to the Jersey Cools. Hey everybody. What's up? And welcome back to a very special episode of the Jersey Ghouls. It's my birthday. <laughs> birthday. Yeah, that's right, bitches. It's time to celebrate me. I'm taking a cue from Jackie's book, and I am inviting some of my favorite people in the whole wide world to join us tonight for a discussion of Return of the Living Dead. So I'd like to welcome all of the special guests. We got Joey. Woo! <laughs> Katie and Zach. Hello. man. See, that's continuity between our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and and in the corner, special guest appearance by Eli Roth. He came just for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I was here for your birthday, Marissa. Oh, my Yay. God. I love Hustle, too. <laughs> is, is that why the writing went downhill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he started hanging out with us. Mm-hmm. He started learning a lot from us, Marissa. <laughs> so yeah so this is um this film is literally one of my all-time favorites and as a fan of night of the living dead i feel like it's somehow a betrayal to romero to love this film as much as i do why oh yeah i loved it this, this is a great this is like modern day you know how you know how i feel about star wars this is what they did with the zombies genre they were like oh it's so slow and just you know very dramatic Fuck it, let's do the complete opposite. Let's make it fast, punk rock, and make no sense and pretend it's based on a true story, of course. I, I love that analogy. I love the idea that this is the last Jedi of the zombie uh, genre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it. Yes. Thank you, Joey. Uh, Does that make Ray Linnea Quigley? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It is because she's my heroine in this movie. And they're both trash. Oh! Oh! Yeah. oh yeah. Wow! Awesome. <laughs> Already triggering people. All right, sorry. Continue. <laughs> it is my fucking birthday, bro. Lay off a ray for just one night. Happy birthday! Happy <laughs> she had a great theme composed by John Williams. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so this this number was uh, was written by uh, Russo, John Russo, who famously fought with uh, Romero about where the direction of the of the dead films should go and went off to write his own book 
1977, which apparently sucks and is nothing like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And from what I read, I did a little research, Jackie. Even on my birthday, I'm serious about the research. (laughs) Um, I did a little research. Apparently, Dan O'Bannon really, like, took took his shit and wrote all the stuff he wanted to for it. Like, really fucked up his story. For the better. And to be fair, Dan O'Bannon had a really shitty time with Carpenter with Dark Star. And I know that he had a big, like, uh, creative frustration with not being credited as much and not and his ideas being turned around so it makes sense that he would then internalize that and really try to make something his own when it actually wasn't his property but it's like it makes sense that he wanted that creative control i got i got feelings for dan o'bannon even though he was a psycho but he's a great writer. I mean, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't have an alien without him. So that's his exact what to say. Or heavy metal. Love that. Great. Totally yeah, see? I'm telling you. Where else can you watch Sharon Stone beat the shit out of Arnold Schwarzenegger? I loved it. Or or Arnold Schwarzenegger hide inside an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I go to hide hide when I'm broke. I feel like there's a Maria Shriver joke somewhere. (laughs) That helped out his political career, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Um, No, I'm going to, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. No, I don't. I fucking love being the Debbie Downer. Um, Dan O'Bannon's a fucking scumbag, though, you guys. Like, he's not. All geniuses are scumbags. What did he do? What did he do that I missed? Um, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so wait, 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 should we go back and listen to the panel that you guys That's did? That's what we need to do. <laughs> at Pop Rock and Horror, uh, Marissa participated in the Return of the Living Dead panel, where Beverly... She wet her pants, and yeah. then she went on to interview the entire cast, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Beverly Randolph, mm-hmm. and Linnea Quigley told some stories about Dan O'Bannon. Thanks uh, to my oh. brilliant question. Question yeah. <laughs> that I thought was going to be super insightful, but it turned out to be awful. Oh yeah, Dude, yeah Joey, it got really weird. It got really weird. At- <laughs> oh no! No, Joey, it actually it got so bad that Marissa actually went to the cast and wanted to make sure that they were okay with us releasing the episode as is, or if, if they wanted us to cut out that portion of the episode, like basically. Beverly Randolph was like, I was 18 years old. I went to his house. Like, there was porn on the TV, a bong on the table. Cocaine on the oh. table. It was that scene in Boogie Nights. Was there yes. also a gun on the table? <laughs> yeah. Some weird, like, Korean boy just doing fireworks. <laughs> I, I retract my statement. Fuck Dan O'Bannon. No, no. It's, it's so hard because it's like he's done so much. Like, I think so he's hard. a tragic creative. And Let's not call him tragic. No, he's he's tragic, but he's unredeemable. Tragic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Harvey Weinstein was tragic too. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that maybe some poor judgment... We, we made some poor life choices. Okay, here's the thing, too. Like, are you, you know, spending most of your time dealing with adults? Because if an adult walked into that situation, like, there's nothing wrong with having porn on the TV. You know? What? Uh, <laughs> space has sold it. Train spotting's really a true story. The context. <laughs> context, please. Yeah, it depends on what porn it is. Are we talking Cinemax and it's, like, midnight? I forgot to turn it off. 
that happens. I, or like for a reason. I think we're talking just walking into Jackie's house is what we're talking. About. <laughs> She's like, don't judge me. Drugs on the table. You know, and I don't. I, I mean, I don't think it's fair. Nothing happened, according to Beverly Randolph. She just left because she felt uncomfortable. Right. But um, Linnea Quigley kind of made some wink, wink, nod, nod jokes about what she had to do to get the role. And the girl who played Casey was Dan O'Bannon met her at a strip club. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was like, well, you're oh. going to be trash. And she was like, why? Just because, like, I, you met me at a strip club. And the, nobody said it. If you watch the documentary, nobody said it. But they basically said that she had to F them to get the job. Now, Ooh. I'm not defending Dan O'Bannon. I'm just also going to suggest that maybe in 1985, this was very normative in Hollywood. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, look at Jennifer Lawrence. She got an Oscar out of it. It happens. Too bad Dan O'Brien was no high-tier producer. (laughs) That's horrible. (laughs) Joey's face sold it. (laughs) We just smile and nod when he says this stuff, Joey. Just ignore him. (laughs) I'm not wrong. I'm married to it, and I do the same thing. Um, but let's get, so let's, now that I've Debbie downed everything, let's get back to the good stuff. <laughs> um, like how Brian Peck is a pedophile. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, that was not, I meant to, I did the opposite of what I wanted to do there. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually told when I did the panel, <laughs> the only two things I wasn't allowed to talk about were Brian Peck because he's a pedophile and Dan O'Bannon being a dirtbag. And I think I hit both in some way, shape, or form. But, <laughs> but anyway, now that we've gotten through the sordid history. This movie is super fun. <laughs> <laughs> Love the background already. <laughs> Can we talk about how James Karen is a national treasure? Oh my God. <laughs> in this movie and in every movie that he's in. Agreed. He comes off as such a likable and loving character. <laughs> Like, even in this movie, he's totally the guy you want to go for drinks for. And he's the only reason they go downstairs. Because if anyone else, like if Bert asked me if I wanted to see a dead body, I'd be like, no, absolutely (laughs) not. But because it's Frank, I mean, Frank can sell me a dead body. He can sell me a condo built on a fucking graveyard. All right. (laughs) I love him so much. You're right. Um, I also think that so much of, like, the subtle humor that I love about this film is in those first, like, 15 minutes where it's just um, Fred, uh, Freddie and uh, Frank. Because I love, like, the little things, like the eye chart in the back that says, like, Bert is a slave driver. As, yeah. like, <laughs> or, like, when, when they're walking around and he barks at the dog and he's like, don't fool around, you're learning. Like, all yeah. those little... <laughs> Like I just, every scene he's in, like I'm just captivated by him. And yeah, I just, I adore him to die. I would do any of this stuff with him. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself too, but um, he's the one character that by the end of the film, I feel like he takes a hard emotional turn. You start with him being the most likable and he's still the most likable, but I think has the most emotional end by the end of the film. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, totally. I- I just, I find it so, because he sacrifices himself, kind of, to so he doesn't harm anybody else. But at the same time, we know that the furnace is the thing that makes it spread. So what he's, it's still, it's still screwing it. <laughs> like, do, do they know that? Do they, no. do they actually they don't know, know that? that. No, but okay. it's like, we know that. So watching it, you're kind of like, don't do it. But I understand why. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I'm a yeah, sucker. already been done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker for the take off the ring scene. 
Like I'm like, yep. oh, because uh, I don't know. You're right. That scene gets me in the feels. Yeah. It does. Even when he says he needs to get to the hospital, I feel like he says something about his wife or maybe I'm thinking of another part. I don't know. No. Yeah, he does. He references yeah. her a couple times. I um, did want to mention in the opening sequence when he's talking about the return of the living dead or night of the living dead. And he mentions that the night of the living dead is based on a true story. Drives me wild. But then he, the story he references is from 1969. So how did the movie get made before the true story incident? <laughs> Look, look, this is human memory. Human memory is fallible. Like, not the internet, you know? Yeah, seriously. I just, I thought it was, a, I think it was a deliberate choice to make the factual story happen that supposedly the movie's based on happened a year after the release of the actual movie. Like, I think that was deliberate. Mm. Like a <laughs> wink and a nod. So my first note, as far as like the watching goes, is this group of kids, is, I can buy everyone in it except Tina. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Where did she come from? Yeah, she's like literally like came out of the Dockers fucking commercial. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, like, she didn't mix with the stereotypes of everybody in that gang. <laughs> this is funny. I love I, it. <laughs> I, I actually have trouble with Freddie too because Freddie always seemed like a hick to me, not a punk. Yes. See. Hey, the back of his Letterman jacket says "fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> and he's got that rat tail, and he's so got you know. that that bleach blonde rat tail. Yeah. And earring. <laughs> And the earring. No, I always took it. I agree that like she's super out of place, but I took it as like she's dating Freddie and Freddie's in the group. So the group accepted her to be a part of the group. Yeah. You know, like she tries to be a little punk. Like she's got that phone cord headband thing going on and the spirals. Bring it. Yeah. I don't mind her. She got her big pants on, you know, I, I, I always took it. She does have her sassy pants she does on. Have, she has sassy pants on. No, I always took it as like, she's not necessarily like a fully a part of the group, but it's Freddie's girl and Freddie's in the group. And so like, they're like, yeah, like they're kind of a gang of misfits anyway. So her being an outsider really isn't that much different because they're all outsiders anyway. And yeah. what's more punk rock than being an outsider. So they just kind of band together. And that's that's why she belongs. Yeah. Well, you know that's why I'm, I'm a fan of Suicide, man. That guy was the <laughs> ultimate punk rocker. He's, he's probably he's the too. reason she was accepted. He, he's yeah. got a brain, you know. Yeah, he has feelings, yeah. too. Also, I got to give a shout out because I know how much you uh, ghouls love Friday the 13th series. But, uh, you know, Suicide you being it. All right. It's fucking Friday the 13th Part 5. And, of course, uh, uh, what's his name? Tom, fuck, uh, who plays Freddy. Tom Matthews. Thank you. Uh, yep. I didn't like his Tommy Jarvis actually. I I hated him in Friday Six. I don't. I'm, I'm not a fan of Friday Part Six, which is the most popular sequel that I feel like I've been researching. But shout out to the two Friday people. I love them. Su su like Suicide's the best though. No, there's three of them because Spider Miguel and Nunez. Oh, yeah. Fuck me. <gasps> damn enchiladas every time. Every we literally time. always say damn enchiladas. What he thought screen he forgot. And and we we hung out with him and he he is a fucking national treasure. He is an he is. amazing human being that can go one minute talking, uh, you know, about Linnea Quigley's tits and how much they're wonderful to like an hour later sitting on the grass with a whole bunch of little kids, like telling stories and playing with the grass. Like he's an amazing human being. Mm. He's also bought us shots. Yeah, I, I may have manhandled him into buying us shots. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> he offered. 
I, I was nervous to meet him, strangely enough, because <laughs> I just quote him too much. It's one of those things I like. I get starstruck with like B, C list celebrities, A list oh celebrities. God. I just don't give a shit about. Oh, you and Marissa, like over Linnea, you and Galilea Coffee. <laughs> I would, I would do much worse things with Linnea if she asked me. Hey, just I, so talk, you know. I talked her after karaoke, singing the song. I had to be drunk and singing a song to talk with her. It was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> she's. I'm so fucking in love with Linnea. Quickly, it's almost ridiculous. Um. And I got to tell you, Suicide is such a whiny little shit. I can't believe you think he's punk rock. <laughs> I said he's deep. He's <laughs> not. <laughs> he's, like the, he's like the emo punk rocker. He's like, you think this is a costume? I got feel. Yeah, I think it's a costume, bro, because you're caring too much. Punk rock's <laughs> not about caring. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's hysterical. Also, kind of an idiot, because when you've got Linnea Quigley manhandling your junk and you, like, deny her, what's wrong with you? You gotta keep them wild. Yeah, <laughs> She's pretty fucking scary in that movie. I'll be honest. Like, if, if, if someone was like, Have you ever thought about dying? I would slowly <laughs> back away. You right. know, like, She's getting turned on about that. <laughs> stroking her thigh. This is, this is actually the perfect time for me to ask one of my questions that I was gonna pose to all of you, which mm. is As Linnea wonders, you know. Do you ever wonder about all the ways of dying, you know, violently and wonder, like, what's the most horrible way to die? So I pose it to all of you. What is indeed your most horrible way to die? Other than being eaten by a whole bunch of old men? <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's a give me. Ripped apart by old men is just Wednesdays in my house. Um, <laughs> so Joey said barely be, being buried alive. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. Waking up in a coffin. Really? Yep. Huh. No, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's. Um, having a heart attack and not getting to see the end of a G-Tom Mac concert. <laughs> you only have the heart attack because you were dancing so hard. Because <laughs> you party all day and sleep all night. <laughs> I'm saying. You missed the Frog Boy song? <laughs> it's a pirate shanty. Mm. And that's actually a segue. I did, This is gratuitous, but. Uh, first time we all met, actually, we were hanging out, getting drunk on Jameson, and b- before G. Tom Mac, we went to go see, watch Return of the Living Dead in that little room with the projector. Yeah. We yeah. all were there, and then that's where I kept on saying those damn enchiladas, and just became boom, bang, and the power of G. Tom Mac. And Return of the Living Dead. And Return of the Living Dead. And enchiladas. And enchiladas. This. Yeah. <laughs> it's magic, guys. It's magic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so this was a film that I realized I probably should not have been watching on constant rotation at age six because I do think, and for the record, I'm not exaggerating when I say that when this movie came out on video, probably like 86, 87, I just watched it nonstop because A, I to this day will aggressively defend the feminist nature of Linnea Quigley's character, although it's so problematic. And I realized that. <laughs> but her zero fucks attitude and willingness to take off her clothes never ceased to amaze me. Um, actually, Jackie and I were talking, we're going to cosplay as Linnea and Angela for the next uh, Oh my proper. God, that's <laughs> yeah. great. What, for what? For Joey? For the uh, Valentine's Day? Yeah, uh, for your Valentine's Day. Oh, that's our couple's costume. We're going to be Linnea. Uh, what's her name? I forget her name. And let me tell you, this little Bo Peep is going to lose yeah, her she, sheep. I'm going to be Angela. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh my God. 
Dude, oh. the best also, part about that scene though is 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 a shape. It's like I forget who says it's go. Oh, she's taking off her clothes again. Like it's the best line of the right. whole movie. I think it's a uh, demon or whatever. He's like, yeah. oh, get the kid, get some love over here. Yeah. That's why they had the road flares. They brought road flares in just in case Trash got naked. <laughs> I also thought it was admirable that short of Tina kind of showing her some shade, nobody really gave a shit. Like, like everybody was just like, "Cool, she's dancing naked again." That's a fucking great. Wow, this is just what she does. Spiders enjoying it. It's you know, it's fun for the whole family, really. Suicide's <laughs> talking to the it. butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> know, his girlfriend's fucking dancing, getting naked and all hot. He's like reading like fucking. He's bone. over at like Walden Pond, like <laughs> caring about the water. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> So another thing I find fascinating is how this ragtag group of teenagers really doesn't do anybody in the group dirty. Well, with short of when fucking Linnea is like, please, somebody give me some clothes and nobody will. Um, <laughs> it's her fault for taking them off. Yeah, agree. <laughs> Not my fault to read acid. Right. Yeah. Um, grab them in the rain later. <laughs> like, I love that they don't play to any, like, tired tropes about any of the characters. Like, even when the old people and the, ki- the kids get together, like, there's, they always work together and, like, these kids don't fuck each other over. Like, they genuinely have each other's backs. That's true. That's nice enough. But I have to say that uh, Bert and Ernie, oh my God, I just realized that. Holy hey, shit. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I never realized that. <laughs> that's just lazy um, right there. <laughs> but uh, those, they are two shady fucking gentlemen. I don't know what stuff they've been up to in their life. But when, well, they, when they talk, Nazi, right? there's a feeling that, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Ernie's a Nazi who's probably hiding. He's listening to like the, I forget what it's called, but it's March of the Panzer or something. And like when he we first meet him. That's what he's meeting. <laughs> 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 no, it's an actual, it's like an actual Nazi like tank. Audiobook, book. I agree, yeah. I agree. Not book. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Katie, why the fuck do you know that? <laughs> Don't you know I'm obsessed with Nazi era <laughs> Germany? Oh, who is There's it? a lot of books on it. <laughs> oh, scary. Well, um, in, in that case, if he was a Nazi, he was pretty nice because he didn't even want to burn rabid weasels. <laughs> See? He was Don't like, no, him. you got to put him he out of his misery, man. He had, he had the SS standard issue gun. He had uh, bleached hair, which obviously wasn't his real hair. I'm trying to look Aryan. <laughs> yeah, he was, he, was, he was a nice Nazi, but the only person he slaps is Spider. Ooh. Because he's racist. That's a reach. Because he's a Nazi. That's a reach. I love it. No, he, it's much more like snap out of it. But no, I'm just saying. Lower. He definitely that there were definitely undertones of that. Um. All right. So I'll give you the Nazi. But Bert is no better or worse than any of like my third cousins on my mother's side who are probably <laughs> in the mafia. They just know a guy to get shit done. There's nothing wrong with that. Granted, he does leave them at the end, which is a kind of scummy thing to do. But they're the scumbags. You're right. The adults are the scumbags. Well, although, could they actually have gone back to get them? Yes. With the car completely surrounded, wouldn't they just be killing themselves and the other two? Was there really a way to securely get them out of the building? When they pulled up in front of the building, the whole horde jumped on the car. There's a reason why it's called ride or die, bitch. 
<laughs> well, we all know what Marissa's gonna do if we ever get caught in a zombie apocalypse. Oh, she's gonna leave my ass. She's yeah. gonna leave my ass in a heartbeat. But if I tried to leave her, she'd give me shit because that's just how we roll. That's it's okay. She'd be dead. She couldn't give you shit. That's true. <laughs> oh. Ouch, man. Ouch. All right. Fair no, her enough. ghost would haunt your ass, though. Oh, totally. I'm just saying that I would go, like, you don't leave. How do you leave? Also, when they get to the mob, why doesn't he just gun it through? Oh, yeah. Right? Hmm. No? It's just one of those. What did it work? Wait, Joey, say it again. I'm sorry. Would that have worked? I mean, cars are pretty good. I mean, bodies are pretty good at stopping cars. Well, it just, because in the previous scene, they had kind of already done that. So it would have led to reason. Like, they were able to get away from him before, so couldn't they have done it again? Look, Clue Gallagher is just a bad guy. I mean, he's probably a good guy, but in every movie I've ever seen him in, he seems like a dickwad, so. I heard he was a giant dickwad in real life, too. Um, actually, the oh. old stories of him being a total <laughs> fucking prick on, on set. Like, basically, like, he was old Hollywood, so he had zero time or energy for any of these. Yeah, he was a prima donna. It's like a film made by douchebags for douchebags. Jesus Christ, the behind the scenes of this movie. (laughs) Every time, like, I didn't hear, yeah, right? I'm saying this is so sad. It basically does feel like an old Hollywood, with all the stories from, like, behind the scenes, it's very old Hollywood guard, like, still alive in the fucking 80s. It's like, just. Die, boomer. (laughs) (laughs) We all love that slogan. While we're talking about the actors, the question I want to ask is, why the hell is Tom Matthews not as big as Johnny Depp? Because he had everything, like Friday Part 6, this movie, he is charismatic, good-looking, funny, he can play drama, he can play action, he was a heartthrob, like... What happened to Tom Matthews? He ate like a fine wine. Well, he didn't start in a TV show with Richard Grieco, who obviously makes him a lot hotter. So, (laughs) sorry, Tom. My my second (laughs) note is about Tom Matthews' ass in those jeans. Mm. Yeah, he did. He did age like a fine wine. I don't care how old that man is. He is gorgeous. (laughs) 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 He is super tasty. He's aight. I also think I found a new tagline for all of our projects made by douchebags for douchebags. It has a really Welcome. nice, yeah. Let's, <laughs> make let's, let's make a t-shirt, man. I love we that. have so many t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> too, too many ideas for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like the mixing of these like weird old classic Hollywood stars with these new, like nobody kids. I thought it made for like a cool movie. Um, so I don't know how any of you guys watch this movie if you own it. With my pants off? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you ever think about dying? <laughs> so I watched this movie. It's free on Voodoo right now. Free with ads on Voodoo. So that's how I watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Shameless so, plug. Tell me why. We're getting paid for it, don't worry. I only had like four or five commercial breaks. Make four commercial breaks, but every single commercial break was for Fisher Price toys. Like she watched it as six, it makes sense. Like, like, what toys? Like the little kid, like the learning wagon where you put the circle in the like the ball in the circle and match the shapes. Like it was legit. Like, <laughs> Jackie bought one. 
teeny tiny <laughs> so I love the, Fisher Price toys are the commercials while I'm watching. It sounds like the ads were geared towards zombies. <laughs> like, they need to practice their mortars. So he talks about the rigor mortis. You know, you have to work the muscles. That, that's um, zombieist. I'm sorry. That's zombieist. <laughs> <laughs> or is like is a baby commercial to a zombie like a red lobster commercial to you and me when like you know, we're like, oh, it's endless shrimp time. And they see a baby. They're like, oh, endless brains. <laughs> so stem cells, man. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you are supposed to watch it when you're six. Who knows? <laughs> I think you broke Zach. Oh, God, that's funny. It's, it's like Lobster Fest, but with kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's still laughing 10 minutes later. That was really good, Jack. That's, that's gold. I recognize gold. That's, that's comedy gold, man. Comedy gold. Oh, sorry. oh boy, you too. <laughs> I love Jackie. <laughs> I, I can't say much because I watched this film for the second time with my three-year-old daughter yesterday. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. And like, I don't know, like I, as a kid, I never thought much about the fact that Trash spends the whole movie naked. However, when my daughter walked in and she was in the back of the car with like her boobs out, I was like, what happened to her clothes? And I was like, I don't know, dude. She took them off. And she's like, huh, she's going to regret that because it's raining. And I'm like, walked out. So <laughs> bad her. She's like, huh, dummy. Like, she just like, walked out matter of fact. That's I, a life lesson. Yeah. Don't, don't take off your clothes in cemeteries because you never know when yeah, it might rain. She was oh, like, huh. Yeah, we're not going to shame you for taking off your clothes. If you want to be naked, you know, be you naked, got the but body now that's problem, on you. Be naked. But yeah, but, we're going to shame you because you didn't have a backup plan when acid rain was coming down. Exactly. <laughs> Now, I would argue that Trash, more than any other character, has the best, like, story arc because, A, she gets her death of choice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? She gets ripped apart by a bunch of old men. Right? I thought that was the thing she least wanted to happen to her. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the, that's that's the, the thing that scares her the most. Oh, I took it as, like, mm-hmm. she's into it. Well, like, yeah, because she's touching herself, but she's also talking about what scares her the most. Apparently, right. whatever scares her gets she's her. Weird, it. yeah. She's like weird and emo. It's cool. Not no judgment. Kink <laughs> no kink shame. No, yeah. No, that's right, Jackie. No, that's no right. There's one thing we won't tolerate here. Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but real talk. So she gets the death that she always wanted or feared or whatever. But then she comes back as like a amorphous. First of all, where's her vagina in this movie? I have a lot of concern. Oh, so that's that's a fun producer note, actually. Oh, so oh, apparently God. she came she came in full bush, yes. and the producer came on set and was like, "We can't show that on television because that was their whole concern about showing it on TV." So he's like, "You have to shave it." So they shave it, and then the producer's like, "Oh my God, that's even worse." Like we can't, we, we can see everything. So, so they fashioned her this like oh latex vinyl, like cod piece kind of thing, and which is much more terrifying wear. than any bush would have been. Every time she went to the bathroom, the makeup artist had to take it off of her, and she said she hated, she hated it because it made her look like a Barbie doll. She hated yeah. it. She had, she had, she had, so that's why. <laughs> and I bet you. producer interference. That's and why I mean, movies suck. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, I bet you that was a beautiful bush. Probably. It probably, probably was the best is, choice. Yeah. And then they just screwed it up because producers suck. They could have at least done a mohawk, kept with the punk motif. Yeah, right? dyed it maybe. A little bit of color down there. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. to do it. Like- yeah. 
Oh, the lightning bolt? Lightning yeah. bolt, there you go. It turns See, into, I'm... like, green moss when she becomes a zombie. I'm, I'm down. It's <laughs> like Beetlejuice pussy. Love it. Beetlejuice <laughs> I know what I'm doing for next Halloween. <laughs> like, oh, um, Sam works, right? <laughs> You're welcome, Matt. Because, so you were talking about how trash like looks completely different like she kind of transforms yeah and i into ziggy that. stardust and i and i kind of slowed it down at that it's a lot insane actually when she's about to attack the hobo i kind of slowed it down to watch because mm-hmm. her face looked weird katie you'll appreciate this i think she looks like radu from the subspecies series because she's got like the big like kind of she does things yes she looks like radu she does. Mm-hmm. Yes. You watched that on VHS with me one time. Shout out to subspecies. So, shout out subspecies. Favorite full moon series. Oh, God, can we get through one episode where you don't shout out shitty movies? Nope. <laughs> I can't. It's impossible. Nope. Mama, man forever, even though that episode's not coming out yet. <laughs> sucks. I love that movie. I hate it. <laughs> um, no, she, and then she becomes something of a leader amongst her peers of yeah. Undead. Yeah. You take charge. Mm-hmm. It's She's the freshest of the undead. Yeah. <laughs> in many ways. All right. So, and therefore. God, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, therefore rotting the least and mm. has more power than others. Okay. That's my logical explanation to this. <laughs> um, so here's my question to all of you, because I know this is something that divides people. Um, I personally love the talking zombie. I love that they ask for paramedics and cops, but I like it as shtick. I also don't mind that they can run. But what do you guys think about that? Joey, I'll chuck it to I, you. I, I think these are the best zombies ever. I think they're better than night, and they're even better than the later, like, fast zombies. Um, and, and here's my argument. I knew about this movie before I ever saw this movie because I would read like Mad Magazine and there'd be zombies saying brains. There's a Simpson episode with zombies stumbling around saying brains. The fact that zombies said brains was just something I knew as a child before I ever watched this film. And for that to so quickly enter the pop culture, everything, I, I just think it's there's so much power behind it. And objectively, they're fucking scarier. They're a lot scarier. They cannot die. They're in an unimaginable amount of pain. And they have this weird, like, semi-sexual vocal quality to them. Dude, real talk, the woman that they strapped down and their interrogation of her fucking haunts my life. Like, as much as I love this movie, like, her being like, it just stops the pain of death. Like, the, the idea that death could be that, oh, it fucking scares the shit out of me. Now that I'm getting older, that shit scares me. <laughs> like, what does she say? Like, they, they eat the brains because it takes away the pain of death, right? Or the rot. Yeah, I can feel yeah. myself Dying rotting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure. rotting yeah. I'm sure it sucks to rot away and have your body fall Ooh. apart. And, yeah, that's I have to wonder, though, how, like... Are they only aware of that pain because of the toxin or are they just constantly in pain, but they can't vocalize or do anything about it? Yeah. That's the scary shit. You don't know. Thanks for making that even worse. Yeah. Yeah, Now I'm not sleeping tonight. (laughs) What about the rest of you guys? Fast zombies, slow zombies. So I have a very like, this is my, yeah. Is undead zombies. Don't run. And they don't like 
they, they, Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. If they're undead, then their body is decaying. And if you're, if they try to run, you're going to break your leg or like, you know, something's going to happen. You're going to, your skin is going to rip a lot easier, things like that. Viral zombies are like rage virus and stuff like that, ones that are because of a virus. Um, they can run because they're not technically dying. So that's, that's how I've always thought of it. In this case, they're reanimated because of a toxin. So they're kind of both. Yeah. So I'm okay with them running. It's Zach's face. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like he's like that kid in class who like wants to be paying attention, but he hasn't been, been paying attention for like no, no, I'm still stuck on Joey's. He actually changed my <laughs> mind, actually. Uh, wow. I'm like conflicted right now. That's why I made that face. Huh. Yeah, that's more. Well, no, because... <laughs> I, because I always prefer the Romero type zombies where, yeah, you know, you are undead. You're so, you can't really think you're, you're, you're done. You don't exist. But with the whole way of, yeah, they're in pain. They need brain and Nick's they talk and they're fast because maybe that is because of the toxins. But I think it, I like this because it fits the, it fits the style of the movie where it's much more animated. It doesn't take itself seriously. Like Romero's zombie films are a lot more serious so you kind of have yeah. like a more serious technique, whereas uh, Return of the Living Dead, like you said, it, it got that trademark brain. So every time people think zombies, they think brains. Now every time they think zombies, they think you know Walking Dead. Now, which is sad, but for, for a good chunk of time, it's brains. I'm a zombie, so I like brains, and that's all because of Return of the Living Dead. So I agree with you. That's actually that's why I'm conflicted. Like that's a good point. So yeah, I like that. Jack, I've always been. Uh, kind of in the uh, the camp where Katie is. I, I like your explanation because I've always been like, you know, the slow, lumbering, undead, that's a zombie. You know, like the 28 days later, like they're just infected. You know, they mm-hmm. aren't zombies. They didn't die. They're infected so they could run. And the, a zombie is someone that is a slow, coming at you kind of person. Although, but I like I like your explanation that they are undead but they have been infected with a toxin, which is why I, I like that, which is why they can run. And I think that's why I'm okay with it. Also, this movie is amazing and I'm just going to pretend it has no flaws. So <laughs> well, and what, that's what's so great. Why, what I love about this movie is how everything kind of has a semi-logical I'll accept it explanation. Like they don't just say brains They they need the brains because it helps with the pain. And then when um, Freddie and Bert are like, they're going through the death with because of the toxin, and it goes through like the rigor mortis and the liver mortis where the blood pools, and it, they go through all these stages, but then, you know, he wakes up and kind of is able to move again, and his movement is, we, we, they already talked about, you have to move the muscles in order for them to keep, not get rigor mortis. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because he's jumping through the pews of the church area. So I feel like everything is like, Despite the fact that this is a, like, totally fake tale, everything is moderately explained in a way that makes me go, yeah, I'm not going to question it. <laughs> like, they're going to explain it just enough. <laughs> that, that's a really good point, because there are more serious zombie films that don't question that shit at all. They just go, it happens. But this film is, like, my favorite parts are the semi-scientific parts. Like, where um, uh, Frank and Freddy are slowly dying from exposure to this toxin, but they're still completely aware. It is like this terrifying scientific experiment. 
and absolutely one of the scariest parts. Like when I was a kid, I remember like watching that and being like, Oh my God, that's horrifying. Like their, their body is freezing up because of rigor mortis. They're in pain. Everything is dying on them. It's, yeah i i agree i think there's so like like the scene with the old woman this movie toggles between the comedy and the farce and the scares so fucking well because i remember a being terrified of all the like zombies coming out of the grave scene and i also remember being terrified when freddie does turn because you do like there is this like romantic notion of her staying there even though it's dope um, it's, it's incredibly like heartbreaking when he turns finally and he's like, I just want to eat your brains. Like, and I'm like, oh shit. I'd be like, all right, you can eat my brain. <laughs> you know, like, and I find it so haunting because he's still so human in a way in that moment. Yet he's still like this horrible, scary monster. And like when he's like, when he's trying to get her at the very end and we, we can talk, I can gush about the, yeah. the ending in a minute. And he put like, and he's like, you made me hurt myself. Like, it's just so I think it's done so well in a way that this movie doesn't get enough credit for. It's a transformation <laughs> from a human into a zombie with both uh, Frank and Freddy, right? That they, I, I think it's done really well. I agree with you guys. It, it's really powerful. <laughs> this film also piles theme upon theme upon theme. Because you've got an anti-government stance. You've got old people digging around poisoning the young. You've got a boyfriend who becomes abusive in the span of two hours. Yeah. Um, it's very punk and it doesn't fuck around, despite the fact that it's kind of jokey for the first like half hour at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that, that that tone serves it well. Like I think it, it and I, I know this is a bold statement, but like movies like Shaun of the Dead, it manages to be very funny, but also very creepy at parts. Yep. And because it sets the tone at the beginning, I don't like, I, I never feel like it departs in a way that makes me like, oh, I got too serious or I got too heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it, or even too it holds that or even too ridiculous. It holds that theme of the kind of obscure ridiculous because you accept the situation that they're all in. Right. I, I would even I would even say that in comparison to like Night of the Living Dead, it catches you off guard. Because when I, I remember first watching Night of the Living Dead and just being immediately tense, like, oh God, something terrible is going to happen. And I'm prepared the whole movie for something terrible. But with Return to the Living Dead, I remember watching it as a kid and being like, oh, this is kind of funny. And oh my God, that woman has no fucking torso. And her <laughs> tongue is like six feet long and she's trying to eat these people and they're screaming and... I think it shocks you a bit more because you're not expecting it if you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. And, and it's never so absurdist as to take you out of feeling like you could be in that situation. You know, like I very much am like, oh my God, what would I have done? You know, <laughs> I play that with every movie I watch. <laughs> um, and by the way, for the record, to, to put an end to the debate over the zombies, it doesn't matter. Zombies are the best, no matter what. I will, I will like them with a hat. I will like them with a cat. I will like them here and there. Like, I just, I love Zombieland. I love The Walking, I mean, I loved uh, The Walking Dead, I should say. It jumped the shark a long time ago, even though the comics yeah. are getting there, too. Um, mm-hmm. But I love everything zombie. Zombies have always been, like, my, my subgenre of choice, so. And the Tar Man is a uniquely horrifying depiction of a zombie. Oh, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen Anything that scary in a zombie film ever. Oh, he scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, man. Yeah. What? He was so fun and funny. I, it just matched again like that 80s geek culture. I don't know. I, I grew up some weird shit. But it's matched <laughs> because when I think about Tarman, I don't think about that scene. I think about 
the end uh, like montage with uh, with uh, with uh, you know, do you want a party plane? Mm-hmm. It's all Tarman. It's like a music video. So it's just like rock and roll. And yeah, like yeah, Tarman wants a party, oh and I like God. to party. There you go. <laughs> no, this when he uses the simple machinery to get to Tita, it scares the oh shit out God. of me. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! If they can think, I'm fucked. Like it's bad enough that now I have to worry about my cardio game, but now they can think too. I'm <laughs> yeah. royally fucked. Yeah. Okay, but can I just say, like, there's a phone number on the canisters, and they've had <laughs> these things for several years. And they never think they should call this phone number. Like this whole thing could have been avoided. No, if he they says just the called. He, Fred he says it? that. Yeah, Freddie's like, we should call the number. And he's like, no, we can't get the fucking military involved. We'll all lose our jobs. Remember? Uh, like the whole dialogue. Yeah, because it was already too late. But if they called it when they first got the canisters. No, but but they're good old boys. And I think a part <laughs> of them wants to keep those canisters. They want to oh, be those yeah, guys no. who are like, you won't the believe movie this logic shit. makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I agree with you. The movie logic makes sense, but I'm just saying we could have avoided a lot of like nuking of Louisville. Whoa, 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 whoa! I find that canister. I'm going to Antiques Roadshow before I call the gun. <laughs> I'm just throw that out there. I don't know that I'm running back to give it back to the military. Let's see. This canister has human remains. It's from 1969. Yeah. Mm. I can only use twenty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> Unfortunately, it looks like it's toxic. So I'm probably going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> no, I'm serious though. Fuck that. I don't. I mean, no offense, Zach, but I don't trust the military in that moment. I don't right? either, and I'm in it. I agree with you. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it gets worse when you're part of the system. <laughs> I'm kidding. Whoever's listening to this, yeah, please don't. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that ending because what a fucking delightfully nihilistic 80s ending. You want to talk about like being caught mm-hmm. so off guard. There is no happy ending in this world and I love it so much. I agree with you. And <laughs> if anyone who knows me, I love uh, unhappy endings. That's why I prefer everything like said. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity War over Endgame, Empire over Return. Like I oh, like God. that everything sucks and the... Oh, don't give me that. Oh, my goodness. Don't do that. But, yeah, it's the end of the world. And just there it is, the credits. So now you're fucking depressed. It's fucking <laughs> crazy. No, that part out of everything creeps me out. When horror movies where there's no escape and pretty much all for naught, you're fucked, that terrifies the shit out of me. And so, yeah, like you said, that's the part where it gets me where it's like, yeah, it starts off fun and goofy. But, yeah, at the end of credits, you're like, fuck, it is nihilistic. It's like, what the fuck's the point then? Let's just lay down, take a nap, let it take over. And even though this film has sequels, arguably at the end of this first film, that's the end of the fucking world because they're just going to keep burning zombies and it's going to keep raining and making more zombies and, and that's it. Just, that's oh, the world now. The, you know? first, the first time that happens, that is my absolute favorite scene of this whole movie. When the smoke is coming out of the stack and then, like, you've got that green smoke, and then it starts to rain, and we got that badass 80s synth song playing, and then you the, the, the shot pans down underground, and you start to see it yep. drip it. Hands down, favorite scene of the whole movie. Call that music visuals for the uninitiated. <laughs> <laughs> 
Guys, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Because great segue, Jackie. Let's talk about music. We can talk about music. That's called the trioxin theme, which pretty much has different variations throughout the movie. But this is the part that I wanted to jump on because I knew you guys would definitely love, you know, the plot lines and all that. But the music is really important to this. And Marissa, this is what I I love it for because I'm going to go through your your feminism ways here because <laughs> there's nothing more feminist than 80s female punk rockers, which during this time, it, it's just phenomenal, especially with the bands like SSQ and 45 Grave. And uh, there's other bands that I think would, that would fit into this movie. If I were to make like a random mix, I would have like Slant Six, uh, The Slits, Susie and the Banshees even. Yeah. That's why it's so good. It's that this film has that them. 80s punk rockness to it that's why every scene is fucking badass and 45 grave definitely steals it of course with you know do you want to party they have this other song for those who want to you know spotify it's called sleep safety it's fucking groovy and scary and sexy which pretty much is this entire movie and it should have been in the movie in my in my opinion but party time and then uh make love till we die yeah fucking jam out songs that i still I work out to that fucking music. This is one of the best horror soundtracks, top yeah. 10. I'll go to top 10 of, of all time. It's wow. fucking fantastic. And I love horror soundtracks, but this is just phenomenal. Up there, punk rockness too. Fucking love this music. Google, make a playlist. That worked last time. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I would agree with you. Uh, growing up, my cousin had this and uh, Dream Master soundtrack and would just alternate between the two of those. God, give me Drama Rama and 45 Grave on repeat all day. I'm good. It's <laughs> <laughs> Banana Rama. Oh, and I love that song. <laughs> Unedited version. I love it. But yeah, no, no, definitely the soundtrack here. And the, the, this is what it represents that 80s punk female led stuff, which is pretty much throughout this movie. I feel like it has that, you know, that, as you said, that, that quality of it, which I dig about this fucking movie. I dig it. And the music is so important. I don't, I don't, I'm sure you guys have seen this guy around. There's a tar man who goes to horror conventions and he's just got like a fucking radio blasting out of his costume. <laughs> the music, that's where he goes because the music is so important to that character that he has to have it playing while he's on the floor. That's oh, that's brilliant. awesome. I've never seen that. Never seen I, okay. Guy. <laughs> no, actually, when, again, when we, when we were at the Return of the Living Dead panel, um, Alan uh, Trout, Troutman, Troutman? Yeah. I forget. Mm -hmm. uh, Troutman. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he actually stood up and, and did the tar man walk. He was talking about how you have to imagine you've got like disconnected hips and the way that you have to like kind of shimmy and walk. And I mean, that guy was another guy that is just so personable and so likable mm -hmm. that you almost wish that like the tar man had more of a character in that first one because of how awesome the guy underneath of it is. Yeah. I keep on thinking that Tarman had his own like cartoon series, but I, I'm, I'm thinking of Toxic Avenger. That's my bad. But I was like, would that be great? Like, Return of the Living Dead, the animated series featuring Tarman, because every rated R film had a cartoon series for the kids. I missed that. Light bulb. Oh my God, that'd be brilliant. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Light bulb. Joey's already oh formulating God. the story in his head. <laughs> Yeah. Joey, please come up with that, please. <laughs> oh my God, a Tarman comic book series. Joey, let's do it. Mm. <laughs> he's, in, oh, he's, he's in it. Oh. <laughs> you got him going. The wheels are turning. 
So I have one note that has nothing to do with anything, but I wrote it down so I wanted to say it. Uh, At one point they spill something and Frank wipes it up with an entire roll of paper towels instead of just yep. taking a couple off the roll. Oh, yeah, when and it really bothers me. <laughs> when he's cleaning off the glass after he opens the canister so they can see the bottom. Yeah, yeah. he uses he the entire roll. the roll. My mom would have beat his ass. And I'm like, I saw it and I'm just like, you don't know the world is ending. Like, <laughs> don't, you moderate your use of paper. We don't have time for portioning, <laughs> ass. <laughs> Although in retrospect, guess it didn't really matter. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't matter at the end, but in the moment, it made me upset. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no, this movie is delightful, and I just I watch it like literally. It's that movie that like I can't sleep. I'll watch it. Let me dead. Like I'm sick. I'll watch it. Let me dead. So I appreciate you guys coming on to shoot the shit about it. I think it has a lot more substance to it than it gets credit for. So I feel like a lot of people oh, dismiss yeah. this. Time. I think we proved it. I agree. Yeah. There is, yeah. It, 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 it is very deep. This is almost because I think a couple episodes I'm all about, uh, you know, like certain movies feet, uh, um, are good in certain seasons. This is like my mm. spring break fucking movie. Like it's time the sun's out, yep. guns out. It's time to fucking party and it's the end of the world. Let's wow. fucking do it. <laughs> so I just, that's my season. <laughs> Zach, when we write our book, our companion book, I think we're going to do movies and seasons. I'm really digging this this idea because, like, lately I've been very like, yeah, like which movies am I going to watch in December? Like, I'm starting mm-hmm. to really think about it in terms of seasons, and I'm into the, I'm into it. Thank you. Probably, I, like, yeah, I got like a bug from that. Yeah, I, like I really do that, especially with Katie. I was like, hey, go pick out Christmas sounding albums. Here are some few. Like for me, uh, Beatles Abbey Road. It feels like a Christmas album. So mm. people are like, hmm, is it? But it it, it, it kind of is, especially the first side. Uh, there's this Oasis album. It's called Don't Believe the Truth. Feels like a Christmas album. I got Batman Returns, the score. That's obviously a Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Anything Danny Elfin, where the first track goes, no, 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 no. It's a Christmas album. There you go. Right. Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter, Potter is just always Christmas music. Especially yeah. Christmas by John Williams. Again, love that fucking song. <laughs> I, I would like to say that I love the dialogue in this movie because <laughs> it feels real. Like, it feels like shit that a bunch of crazy teens or a bunch of bored old people would say to each other. Whereas, like, (laughs) Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead is so melodramatic. Those films are so over-the-top, like, people making speeches and announcements. Just having a film where people are dropping curses and Mm -hmm. talking in ways and being all non-sequitur, I love it. Yeah, I love that part. It's like, do you like sex and death? Yeah, fuck off and die. (laughs) (laughs) I love those lines. You're right. There's something very like in this movie. You're right because like if the zombies are coming through the window, I'm gonna be like, fuck shit, fuck, fuck, bitch. (laughs) You know, like and so few movies really like utilize that, and this movie does it well. They they run around screaming and cursing a lot. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm into it because that's how I'd be. Well, Romero does like his soapbox when he writes, you know, movies, but hey, hey, that doesn't mean I don't like him. That just means I fall asleep during night and live in bed and day the bed is better. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, it hurts. It hoits. My birthday, bro. Come on. Day the dead always. (laughs) I will admit that if I'm going to pop on a movie for shits and giggles, 
I'm going to take Russo's sequel over Romero's any day. Not to say I don't fucking love all of them. I agree. you got to be in the mood to watch a Romero zombie movie, whereas Return of the Living Dead, it's like fucking, you know, uh, some people use uh, Forrest Gump, for example. If Forrest Gump is on TV, it's one of those movies where it's going to be on. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Basically, the soundtrack for Forrest Gump. I just went off with <laughs> family there because, like, I just want to listen to '60s radio. Put on Forrest Gump. There you go. But yeah, it's definitely the movie to have on when you're just doing things and to enjoy. Return of the Living Dead. Check yeah. it out. So next birthday, I'm doing we're doing Dawn. <laughs> oh, stop! I love Dawn, but I don't like Dawn. I love it, but I don't like which it. iteration. Both. There are like both. five. The Zack Snyder <laughs> cut. The phenomenal Snyder. The German four-hour cut. Oh, we're talking all the real one. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all you're gonna watch all 18 hours of Dawn of the Dead cuts, and we're gonna. <laughs> I do. I used to. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So, Jackie, you want to do your thing? Well, uh, we want to thank everybody for oh joining us for Marissa's birthday oh. extravaganza. Wait a minute. Should we sing or something? No. No. <laughs> yeah. I get all flustered. Hold on. Instead, let me get into tone. <laughs> <laughs> bumblebee, bumblebee. Instead, let's, Joey, tell us where we can find Dark Hills Gaming and what fun events you've got coming up for us. Yeah, cool. Dark Hills Gaming. You can find us at darkhillsgaming.com. Um, you will find us next at New Year's Evil. I swear I'm getting that shit done within the next 24 hours, so I will feel guilty. Um, if you don't want to come out to Pop Rock and New Year's Evil, which I believe is going to be a banging time, um, then our, we got a number of events coming out this year. We've got the Bloody Valentine Ball in February. We've got a Jason X camp coming up. Uh, we got a Candyman event coming up this summer to coincide with the release of the new Peel movie. We are doing a Texas Chainsaw Splatter event with real blood. Uh, and believe it or not, we will be capping off our 2020 year with Mischief Night of the Living Dead, co-designed by Marissa. Woohoo! That's awesome. Yes. Hell yes. Yep. Oh, I'm so fucking pumped to be working with you guys. RSVP I cannot wait. on this stuff. That sounds fucking oh, awesome. Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing about this. This sounds fucking cool. I'm sorry. I'm geeking out a little bit like, I need that. <laughs> oh, you two motherfuckers are coming to all that shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, what? And uh, Katie, you can find me and Katie over at mizonscream.com where we wax all intellectual, right? About horror. Yeah. Hi, Mar- Marissa, me, and Mr. Eli Roth, who has left the building again. He yeah. likes to leave midway through recordings <laughs> when he doesn't time. get to talk. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find us at mizonscream on all the social medias and stuff. And I'll just say it because I can't right now. Stay spooky, guys. Stay Aww. spooky. <laughs> Stay spooky. Zach, anything brewing? Uh, Musical yeah. uh, Oh, well, shoot. I love being uh, featured with you, lovely ladies, for uh, yeah. next couple of episodes. So I'm very lucky for that. And uh, I cannot wait to share some more stuff with that. So be on the lookout. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys are enjoying. Yes, we love all of you so much. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, and don't forget to check us out on the internet. You can find us wherever you find your podcasting adventures Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram all that jazz say hi we'll say hi back love it like it subscribe it do the thing and we will see you guys next time
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 